0: Welcome to The Legal Way, a podcast featuring a series of legal discussions, case studies, and tactical tips on topics ranging from real estate law to personal injury to estate planning and more with the expert attorneys of Friedman Schumann. As The Legal Podcast, we must share that no information discussed in our episode should be construed as legal advice. Should you need help with the legal matter, we encourage you to discuss the details with your trusted attorney. Let's dive into today's episode. To the legal Way podcast by Friedman Schumann. My name is Allison Laser I'm the director of marketing here at Friedman Schumann and your host of the legal Way podcast and today I am joined by a very special guest. Harold Goldner. He is the head of our employment law practice here at Freeman Schumann, and I am really excited for us to dive into a really great topic today, all about at-will employment. So, Harold, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, share a little bit more about what you do um, here at Freeman Schumann, and what your practice entails here, and anything else that you'd like to add before we dive into it.
1: Thanks. Um, my name is Harold Goldner, and I am an employment lawyer, and that means I handle pretty much every aspect of the employment relationship from the time somebody is being considered for a position, that's the hiring or the intake process, all the way through the time that person loses their position, either because of something they do or because an employer makes a decision uh, to terminate their employment. Um, I also get involved uh, where there are employment contracts or agreements that involve extend beyond the employment relationship, I get involved in resolving those disputes such as involving restrictive covenants, um, non-disclosure agreements, uh, trade secrets, and so forth and so on. I've been practicing law a little bit more than 40 years, and I've handled cases like this uh, everywhere from when the phone call comes in trying to solve a problem to trying them before a jury.
0: That's amazing. I'm sure you have seen some really, really interesting cases in your over 40
1: years of practicing. Wild ones, yes.
0: I can't even imagine. I love hearing stories from all the attorneys here who have practiced for a while. Just <laughs> hearing some of their craziest cases, but um, let's dive into today's topic. So, at will employment. Um, I know that this is something that is obviously very prevalent where we practice in Pennsylvania. So, can you just go into some detail about what at will employment
1: is? Sure. At will employment means unless you have an express employment agreement, you're uh, you're a free agent. You're like James Harden. You can go work for anybody you want. You can play for any team that's willing to pay your freight. Um, you can do whatever you want, and it basically harkens back to the beginning of this country. In in Europe, the employment relationship was very, very different historically because everybody hundreds of years ago worked for the king, and if the king said this is what you're going to do, that's what you did. Uh, And then later, there was the concept of indentured servitude. And if you remember a little bit of American history, Ben Franklin came over to this country as an indentured servant. Um, He had to work for a specified period of years before he could stop working. And in America, we sort of evolved a different concept. uh, And that was employment at will, where an employee could leave an employer anytime they wanted. But the flip side is an employer can terminate an employee anytime they want, for a good reason, a bad reason, or no reason at all. In Pennsylvania, unless you have an express employment agreement, uh, a contract, um, or, for example, you're in a union, which means your union has a collective bargaining agreement, which is a type of contract, you are an employee at will, and your boss can walk in anytime they want and tell you, um, Joe, our customers love you, your coworkers adore you, Management thinks you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, but those are the ugliest shoes I have ever seen. You're fired. And if the reason they're firing you is because of the shoes, there isn't anything you can do about it. There isn't anything a court of law is going to do about it because courts don't want to handle HR disputes. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the end of it. Uh, The flip side is you can leave because you want to wear those shoes and go work for somebody else who doesn't mind them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I love when you share that because I think it really just shows exactly what at-will employment is. And it's a very great visual. Now, like you said, (laughs) there can be some implications for employees. So can you go a little bit more into detail about what some of those implications could look like for an employee who, you know, might've been terminated because of at-will employment?
1: Sure. Well, basically, uh, If an employer tells an employee to jump, the response should be how high. Um, Basically, an employee's job is to make their boss look good. Any employee who makes their boss look good all the time is pretty well guaranteed of perpetual employment as long as they make their boss look good. There are a few exceptions to at-will employment, and, and that is if you're terminated in violation of a public policy, and the courts in this state have interpreted what public policy means to mean some sort of legislative enactment by the, the House of Representatives or the Pennsylvania State Legislature. So for example, we have a scheme called workers' compensation. It's a statutory scheme. There's workers' compensation laws. If somebody is injured on the job and brings a workers' compensation claim and they're fired because they brought a workers' compensation claim, well, that would violate the statutory scheme Uh, that workers' compensation creates. And therefore, that would be a firing against public policy. And we call that wrongful termination. Another example, and this actually blows my mind, um, when you get a jury summons, that is under and pursuant to a statute that says, when you get a jury summons, you show up for jury duty. A secretary in a Plaintiff's personal injury practice in Center City, Philadelphia, got such a summons, showed up for jury duty, and was selected for the jury. And her boss, a lawyer who practices in the courts of Philadelphia, fired her. Perhaps he thought he didn't want to practice in Philadelphia anymore. He certainly didn't ingratiate himself to the court. And he ended up paying an awful lot of money in a settlement when she sued him for wrongful termination.
0: I would think so. That is so crazy.
1: Absolutely justified and well-deserved, I might add.
0: Especially being a lawyer. I was so surprised that...
1: (laughs) You would think that a lawyer would recognize that the laws apply to him or her as well. But they don't always get that.
0: (laughs) That is, is so interesting. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, clearly just based off of what you said, employees, they do have rights, you know, if they are you know, terminated wrongfully or, you know, terminated because of at will employment, because of their shoes or whatnot. Right. Are there any other rights that you didn't go through that would be really beneficial for somebody to know?
1: There is one interesting right. And it actually involves the National Labor Relations Act. Now, the National Labor Relations Act applies almost exclusively to the union environment, if you're in a union shop or if you are represented under a collective bargaining agreement. However, there is a portion of the National Labor Relations Act which protects people who engage in what is known as concerted activity. That means if, for example, um, all the employees work in a specific uh warehouse and the warehouse isn't properly heated and all the employees are freezing to death and they start to communicate with each other and go we got to get heaters in here we got to do something about this and and they speak with each other about the welfare of the employees in the workplace if they're punished for doing that that violates the national labor relations act even if they're not union employees because that's considered concerted activity And that is protected. Um, another Another exception to employment at will is if an employee works for a public employer or an employer that is largely funded by the government and learns that There is waste of government dollars going on, meaning um, they work for a hospital and money that's supposed to go for bandages is actually being spent on trips to a racetrack Mm -hmm. um, or for inappropriate government waste. Basically, the expenditure of government money. And they report that to the Department of Health. Uh, They report it to whatever the agency is that this government government waste is going on and they are then punished fired terminated that violates the Pennsylvania whistleblower law um, but it has to be a it has to involve government funds so it has to be an employer who's getting government funds mm-hmm. so if you're if you're working for a mom and pop shop in a grocery store or a bodega somewhere and um, you know somebody's wasting money on lottery tickets or something like that that's not that doesn't involve government funds that's nobody's business, and it doesn't violate the whistleblower law. A lot of people call themselves whistleblowers because they basically see themselves as tattletales for some sort of irregularity. That's not whistleblowing. Whistleblowing is government the waste of government dollars um, by an employer that's supported by government dollars.
0: Gotcha. That's definitely something that's very good to know. Very good to know. So what are some things that employees, more specifically in Pennsylvania, but um, employees in Pennsylvania can do to really protect themselves against, you know, wrongful termination and, and at will employment? You know, are there things that they can do to be kind of proactive in the in the instance that, you know. They could be wrongfully terminated?
1: Well, uh, one of the things I see, unfortunately, too often is employees who call me too long after they were terminated.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, sometimes yeah. years, but oh, wow. um, which is, I don't understand why what happened that two to three years after they were terminated, yeah, it suddenly occurred to them maybe to call a lawyer. Um, but uh, two really important things one is don't quit. If you think something's going on at your workplace and you're not happy, you feel you're being treated differently, don't quit. And the reason you don't quit is because if you quit, you don't qualify for unemployment compensation. Um, if, as long as you, a lot of people think that if they're fired, they don't qualify for unemployment, but you do. Unemployment benefits will extend to anyone who is terminated from employment quote, through no reason of their own, close quote. Now, if your employer says, if you're late one more time, we're going to fire you. And the next day you come in late, that's called willful misconduct and you won't get unemployment benefits. Or if you have a really wild weekend and get picked up for DUI or something terrible and you spend the night in jail, And the employer, you don't show up for work. And the next day after that, the employer says, what, you didn't show up? That's through, that is not termination through no fault of your own. Mm -hmm. That's called a Section 2 disqualification. But as long as you haven't deliberately violated a workplace rule, knowing that doing so would get you fired, Mm -hmm. you get unemployment as long as you don't quit. If you quit, it's all over because it, you're terminate your employment ceases through your own fault. Yeah. Um, the second thing is don't sign anything ever on your way out the door ever. Make have somebody else review it. I was just today talking to somebody who was terminated after 25 years on the job. And unfortunately, after spending 40 minutes on the phone with him, I realized it was his fault Mm. and there really wasn't anything I could do for him. But he commented to me that he signed a confession while he was there and. That's the end of it. You you sign a confession. You sign any statement at all. You sign a release. I, I represented a guy, tried to represent a guy who um, it was clearly age discrimination, but he signed a document because they told him, if you sign this, we'll give you two weeks, your two weeks vacation. And he was just thinking, well, I got to have money. So he signed it. But that's not how that works. Um, you, For example, if you're over the, over the age of 40 and an employer offers you a release and severance, they have to give you at least 21 days to review that release. And then after the 21 days, even if you sign it, they have to give you seven days to revoke. And if the employer is doing what we call a reduction in workforce, they have to give you 45 days okay. and they have to give you a whole list of who's being affected by the reduction in workforce. So don't sign anything don't quit.
0: So in terms of, you know, signing a document, if your employer were to ask you to sign something, would you, what would you suggest an employee do or say? Um, Would you suggest that they, you know, just take the documents, I'd like to review this, have their lawyer look over it? What exactly would the process look like for that? Well,
1: in most instances, if it's a release, if it's a severance package, the document says you have 21 or 45 days to review it. It also says you have had this reviewed by a lawyer. So as long as you don't have an HR department Mm -hmm. that is completely unqualified or untrained, Mm -hmm. they're going to know that you have the time to look at it. So you can say to them, I'm going to take this to my lawyer Mm -hmm. to look at this. And in fact, I would encourage people to say, I'm going to take this to my lawyer. And the reason is it implies (laughs) you already have, it implies you already have a lawyer.
0: Yes. Even Mm -hmm. if you
1: don't, And it suggests to the employer that, oh, we may need to deal with this as a cost center. Yeah. So, by all means.
0: For sure. That's really, really great information. And I think a lot of what you touched on, you know, somebody, a normal person just going into a workplace, getting a job, they're not going to necessarily know all of these things. No. Are there any resources for people to maybe look over you know, certain things like this before they were to become employed? Well, I,
1: you can always go to Dr. Google <laughs> or uh, Google lawyer. Um, there are, for um, Nolo Press, has an interesting book helping public employees mm. um, for resources. Um, uh, if you are in a union, Your union can usually help you and a lot of unions have captive law firms that will help them with stuff. Um, their bar associations have lawyer reference services that usually tie people to, um, you know, if I get cases all the time from the Montgomery bar lawyer reference service, they know somebody calls the bar association. Oh, it's an employment matter. Um, talk to Harold Goldner. Um, Philadelphia bar has a lawyer reference service as well. Um, But I would say, don't ever sign anything or don't commit yourself to any course without first talking to an employment lawyer. I may well, and and many people I talk to, I may say, there isn't anything I can do for you. Mm -hmm. Like the gentleman I spent 40 minutes on the phone with today. Yeah. But sometimes there is something I can do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. On that same topic of resources, are there any resources available to employees, again, more specifically in Pennsylvania just because that's for practice, um, who believe that they have been wrongfully terminated? Are there any resources for, for those types of employees?
1: Um, I think there are no agencies. Mm-hmm. There's agencies that deal with discrimination, okay. which we may get to, but as yeah, that's a as, whole
0: other episode. Yeah, yeah.
1: But as as far as as at will employment goes, mm-hmm. you're pretty much on your own. Gotcha. Uh, if you if you don't have a union to help you, you're pretty much on your own. So you should try and find a lawyer before you do anything that makes it final.
0: Yeah, that's that's really good to know. So anybody who's listening, if you are in that type of a situation. Get with a trusted attorney because they will be able to help you out and just kind of guide you along through that process and, and help you navigate it. So as we start to wrap up this episode, I have just two more quick questions for you. Um, so what are some of the challenges? Now, I know we've touched on this a little bit, but what are some of the challenges, um, that employees, uh, face under at will employment?
1: Well, I have a lot of people who complain to me that they weren't trained properly. Uh, and they feel like, or they feel like their job was too big for them, or uh, the job was originally designed for three people, and the other two were fired, so they're the only one doing the job, and they just they don't feel like they're sort of like, uh, and it's it's I'm dating myself, but there's a classic episode of Lucy on a chocolate assembly line. I've seen that episode. To get, <laughs>
0: seen,
1: trying to get the chocolates, so she starts popping them in her mouth and mm. so forth. Um, and the fact of the matter is. Um, again, the courts don't get involved in human resources management. Their courts are perfectly happy to let an employer be as incompetent, as badly managed as it chooses to be. Um, they don't get involved unless the employer el- ultimately ends up in bankruptcy court. And that's a different court altogether. Yeah. Um, so what I try and explain to people is if your job is to stand on your head and spit nickels, and all you know how to do is stand on your head and spit Carson City silver dollars, which are worth a fortune, your employer can still fire you, even though they're making much more money on you than they want to. Um, you're not doing what they want you to do. That's why I keep coming back to you. Just make your boss look good. Mm. Make your boss look good and you'll be just fine. Oh, but yeah. But that's, you know, it's too bad if you have a Miserable job. You don't feel you have adequate training. You don't feel you've been assigned to the right thing. If that's the case, get another job. Work on your resume. Control your environment. I know I said don't quit. Don't quit. Get another job. Get the new job. And then you quit.
0: Interesting. Now, in your experience in the past couple years, have you heard from more people saying that maybe they haven't been properly trained and that's why they were terminated or X, Y, or Z due to COVID? Have you seen an increase?
1: I did see that in the banking industry. Mm -hmm. Um, I I had a couple of clients in the banking industry because banking changed dramatically during COVID. Mm -hmm. Remember how you used to be able to walk into a bank branch? And, and then after March 16th of 2020, you walk up to the branch and it said, we're not open or yeah. you need to make an appointment. Um, it was very, very different. And so a lot of people who were tellers were put in other positions. They became loan officers. They became paper handlers. And that wasn't really what they were trained to do. Um, they were used to walk up to them and they, you know. And I have 520s for this or whatever. And I saw a couple people who had some problems with that transition who, you know, they'd spent their whole lives doing one thing and they really couldn't make the transition over to another thing.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting you said that, too, because I've I've talked to some of the med mal attorneys as well. And with some of their cases, um, you know, some of the people uh, who were employed by nursing homes and things like that, they had the same they were expressing that that same um, difficulty that they were doing things that they weren't necessarily trained to do. And unfortunately, there were some medical malpractice cases as mm. a result of that. So um, I was just curious because I know that COVID impacted employment as a whole a lot. Um mm
1: you know, that whole
0: crazy time period. (laughs) Well,
1: there there was also the issue um, during the, the, once the vaccines were available, Mm -hmm. there was also the question of, well, do you get vaccinated or not? Mm -hmm. And I was assisting a lot of employers in writing vaccination policies, Mm -hmm. especially for those employees who were dealing with the public. So outside salespeople Mm -hmm. um, who were going to go into a lot of offices You know, employers wanted to require them to be vaccinated so they didn't become carriers and and have their employer suddenly on the hook in some way for having infected our customers workplace. Um, So we had to deal with I had to deal with a lot of that um, during the vaccine period. Um, In the early phase of covid, I had to assist employers in determining whether they were allowed to stay open or not. Mm -hmm. Um, I had one employer that was that was doing, they manufactured certain types of laboratory equipment, and it didn't seem initially that they were under the exception, but they were actually manufacturing equipment for pharmaceutical companies, which did exclude them. So initially they thought they were going to have to shut down, and then we interpreted the rules and said, no, you can stay open, and they remained open.
0: Yeah, there were definitely a lot of things during that time period when it came to, you know, employment law and a lot of things that affected both employers and employees. And, yeah, I'm glad that we're for the most part out of that. And I'm sure you are, too. It
1: was a difficult time. It was a very difficult time, but it was a very interesting time. I was extremely I was very busy. 2020, 2021, yeah. um, helping employers and employees deal with the situation that no one had ever dealt with before.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that you can even now take some of the things that you experienced during that time period and can now even apply it to, you know, cases and um, things that you have now, which absolutely. I think everything's a, a learning experience. You know, it was learning experience sure. <laughs> well, before we wrap up this episode, I have one more question for you. Are you seeing any future trends or what are are some future trends for um, at-will employment in Pennsylvania?
1: I'm, I'm not seeing any changes in at-will employment. I'm seeing some changes about certain types of contracts mm-hmm. that that bear upon the employment relationship, which we didn't really discuss today. But I, uh, the only other thing is, there are some borderline areas where we are waiting to see if courts decide they are quote, public policy exceptions close quote to um, to employment at will I'll, I'll give you an example from a case I had um, an employee who had asthma was working in an environment in which they had a smoking room and in the, that they used in the wintertime in the summertime everybody smoked outside gotcha. the problem was it was like a lot of offices, Including this one, where you have a dropped ceiling mm-hmm. with those white tiles. Well, there's like a foot and a half, two feet over top of that where you can cable and duct and yeah. stuff like that. Well, if in the next room they're smoking, it's coming over the wall and it's coming into the room that you're in.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And she was over one office or two offices from the smoking room. And I saw video pictures of the smoking room and it, it was disgusting. It oh, was there I'm her sure. her buckets with just thousands of cigarette butts in it and she was they said well you can have an air freshener um because you're having trouble with your asthma and that wasn't good enough and um there were a number of other things and she finally got frustrated when the employer just wouldn't do anything about it and kept smoking and it was the boss it was the owner of the company Mm -hmm. she called the department of health and there's something called the pennsylvania clean indoor air act and the department of health cited the employer for violating the Clean Indoor Health Act. Um, query, was that a violation of public policy because there is an act? Mm-hmm. And uh, no, case, no court has really decided that yet. And we resolved our matter before we had to test it. Yeah. So there are new policy. There's new legislation new legislation all the time. And one can, uh, one can conceive that there will be some law passed down the road, which, if violated, might constitute a public policy exception.
0: Very interesting. Well, I feel like that could be a whole other episode in and of itself, so we'll have to add that one to the list. But Harold, thank you so much for joining us today and just sharing a little bit more about Atwell Employment, most specifically in um, Pennsylvania. I know I learned a lot and I'm sure that all of our listeners did as well. So thank you so much and we will be back again soon.
1: Thanks very much.
0: Thank you for listening to The Legal Way Podcast. Don't forget to follow us at Freeman Schumann on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter to stay in the know with new Legal Way episodes and announcements. We'll see you next time.